Screw it. We got we gotta blow shit up because we are getting screwed here. Screw the government. Like So maybe that- he's right. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty Podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Alright, folks, we are back once again. I have gathered my Wonderful group of libertarians here tonight, libertarian-leaning folks, liberty lovers, whatever you want to call us, because we have done, a, a, frankly, I think, a, a wonderful service for humanity. We actually sat through a Democratic debate on a Saturday night, some of us later than others, the East Coasters over here, but uh, we're going to start off with us right here on the West Coast, of course, sitting next to my, next to my, sitting on my left, Mr. Brian McWilliams. And you're the soberest one here, introducing me that way. That's Hello, true. I am Brian McWilliams. That debate was interesting to say the least, a lot of things that made me angry, but we'll get into that. And what are you drinking, Mr. McWilliams? This is, of course, a uh, Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor Style show we're doing here. So That's we're all right. having a little adult bev. I may be a little drunker than usual. I think I, I uh, actually followed our drinking rules to the debate a little bit Uh-oh. closer than That's usual. That's really dangerous. Yes, so if I there's any slurring, that. Uh, blame that on our sound engineer. That's not me. <laughs> uh, I am drinking Star... It's an effect. Strongbow Hard Apple Cider. All this right. is the Honey Strongbow... I would say I prefer the usual strong. I would concur. But Beggars I'm, can't I'm, be choosers. I'm drinking the same thing because we're, uh, that's what we're this doing. Is, this is just what Mark pals. had. This is what Mark had. Yeah, that's what we had. And now we're going to shoot things over to, where should I go next? It's so hard to choose. Why don't we Why don't we go to Philly where our friend JB is here? And we haven't talked to you in quite a while, JB. So welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. It's, it's great to be back. And I think it's appropriate to have you on as a, I don't know, I would call you a reformed Democrat, reformed progressive. I don't even like to use that term, but, you know, you, co- you, co- you, you come from we'll, that we'll side of the that. aisle, let's say. <laughs> you know, we all come yeah, from somewhere. A lot yeah. of us are raised, you know, I was raised in like a small government Republican household, as I think Odie and I think Brian was, too. He's going to so, deny um, your accusations like Ben Carson. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> well, I grew up in a progressive liberal household. Why has JB got to be Ben Carson just because they're both black? Now we got to make race a thing our, already. Our <laughs> listeners don't know that he's black. Well, they do now. This is, out, this is a podcast, by the way, not a video <laughs> cast. They don't know he's black or white. Well, he could be na- he, now all our cards are on the table, folks. You're, you're, you're tearing down the curtain. Back. He could be Japanese. We're ripping this thing down. Hey, who is that? Who is that oh, other guy talking? I'm, I'm, talking about ter- ironically, you tear down the curtain and <laughs> through a comment that further tears the curtain down. So oh, that was, man. of course, before we'll get to you in a moment. JB, what are you drinking over there? I'm just having a little tequila and juice here, some camarena. Wow. It's pretty good. Reposado. Damn. Enjoy it. What kind of juice do you drink tequila with? Uh, this is like V8 splash. And that sounds well like the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my know. life. It's actually pretty good. Did you invent that drink, or is that a thing that's like people do? I and I don't think so. I just do it. Oh my I god! Well, there you go. Well, you should name it. There you go. You should no. name it, and you should name it after the show, and no. we can try to get a sponsor off of it. Do not associate <laughs> us with that drink. It sounds terrible. Um, Give it a try. There's some ginger ale in there too. That really, uh, oh. that really breaks it together. Are you you're drinking V8 ginger ale and tequila? JB is yeah. not going to be the bartender when we all gather at, <laughs> at Rico's house for the, the my god Republican convention in Cleveland. That's really the worst dis- the the worst drink I've ever heard. Disgusting. You really all have right. to give it a try. All right, Take let's pull let's pull it. back the curtain all the way and welcome in our, our that other random voice that popped in, John Odermatt over in Pittsburgh, who is I have just been told has put the baby to sleep. Thankfully, so <laughs> yeah, the, the the baby's asleep. I, I didn't originally plan on uh, on joining you no, guys. This is but, a last uh, minute surprise. You must no, have kind of so... you know kind of moved some things around and uh, was able to you know come in and uh, drink drink with you guys and talk about the debate. Looking well, forward. To you it. told us you had a party to go to. So what happened? Did the was the party kind of lame? Did you give up? Did you get so fired up about the Democrat debate you just had to hop in here with? Us. Well, I mean, I guess I guess you'll learn as you all maybe eventually someday become parents. Is parties when you have kids go from like five until eight. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm on the East Coast, so you know the party was over, and I came home, and oh, the debate just came on. Started watching. I'm like, oh, why not watch the debate and and join in with you guys? So, so this is a party run by people with children. Is what you're saying? Okay, there were so. like 900 kids there. Probably. I don't think that should be allowed oh. to be called a party. That's just my view. Well, it's called a, a gathering. There was there was alcohol there for the adults. Mm, so not that's enough. That's not enough. That's Anything good. that ends by eight cannot be called a party. That's just a rule. Do you, ever, you ever hear this thing? Is Unless like, it started at the eight a.m. like eight a.m. That would be okay. Well, is it, you ever hear this thing? Like a professor was asked, like how many? It was like a physics professor, professor or something. He's like, how many? Uh, you know, second graders can you take in a fight? And what, what's your guess? 
Let's let's just say I said real quick because there were nine hundred children at this party. If things got out of hand, I wouldn't I've, know. I've actually, I've actually, uh, I think we did this. We, you know, JB would probably remember this. We talked about this in college a lot. Like if you were attacked a lot, by, a lot, <laughs> no, yeah, maybe a not lot. a lot, like no, several not, times. Like no, he's not you, exaggerating. If, this was several times. Yeah, like if you were attacked by like a hundred midgets, like how many could you, like how many midgets could you take on? Do you think? Right, realistically. Before they swarm, I don't know. Maybe are, are these midgets trained in any sort many. of martial arts, or are they? Well, are we like... talking about midgets or children? That's a, well, either or. Like, no, I don't think no, you, midgets are much stronger. It's a very valid question. Because a midget could be the training is very important. The exactly level of training. A midget could have spent his whole life training and you know maybe kick my ass. Right, they're if strong. If the midget Ronda Rousey would kill me, even if it was a midget. I'm I mean, sure. absolutely. A, a child yeah. isn't developed; it's weak. It doesn't know what it's doing. Let's say children, because you said children. Let's go around. JB, how many children? God, I don't know, fifteen maybe. 15. Wait, are they are they How all are trained they? to kill though? Well, no, no, they're, no, they're just well, children. Okay. These are children trained by ISIS. These are children at the party you were at. Well, that depends on. Which is probably an ISIS do, party. If I'm trying to restrain them or if I'm trying to put them down. How about we all simmer on this topic? I think, you know? I think they would have to be trained to kill. Otherwise, it's not even really a question because they're just kids. You would just make a joke and run away or something. You I were mean, actually breaking this down far more than any moderator broke down any question in the debate <laughs> that's tonight. That's true. Alright, why don't we stew on this question in our minds over the next hour. Maybe we can return to it. Hopefully you guys are forgetting about it. Uh, maybe we'll return oh, to I'm it. I'm not forgetting about but it. But we're going to move on to the debate, I think. I think that's a good idea. What do you guys think? By the way, I'm drinking, uh, yeah, drinking some, some Hey, hey I'm doing this new delicious. thing. Why don't you guys play along with me? You guys ready to roar yeah so uh where do we start i'm, I'm kind of sick of starting the conversation so why don't one of you guys just take the reins jb it's been the longest since we spoke to you you sort of come from that democratic side of things i guess in a way so why don't you just give me your initial impressions of the debate of these three candidates what are your thoughts worst question ever if i was a journalist i'd be fired just now what are your thoughts no one asked that but this is not journalism so we're good I think my main takeaway from it, I have to be honest, and though it shouldn't really surprise me, Hillary Clinton has this uncanny knack of being able to say absolutely nothing in like a minute long like blurb of a speech. You know, she'll go and um, try to answer a question and say all these things and never really say anything at all. And that's what I really got. Out, that was my main take home from watching that that debate, which was my first Democratic debate. I didn't watch the other one. So. She's an extremely skilled politician. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, she's really good at saying, like, making it seem like she's saying something, but she's really saying nothing she at all. She sounds extremely intelligent. It sounds like she absolutely knows what she's talking about, but if you actually broke down the sentences afterwards, like, wait a minute, you didn't even you didn't right. remotely it's, answer it's that It's just question. throwing out buzzwords, and it's like, you know, like, I'm, I'm hitting on, what do, what do Democrats care about? This, 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 or this. Although she didn't talk about medical marijuana, which annoyed me. They didn't touch that at oh, all tonight. She's not really for it no she's not for it. she flip-flopped on it but also i blame the moderators for that though jb because all these questions and i i we were live blogging and i mentioned this the moderators they started with a question it was like they'd hit her on a, like an issue that was relevant to her and then they would mention it at the beginning and they'd be like so you said this about this but then also blah 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 and they'd go off they'd start with something real and then they'd go off into something bullshitty that she could then just like you said, talk about nothing on and not answer the actual, you know, point that people want to hear about. Yeah, it's it's actually quite incredible. I was pretty impressed with it towards the end, to be honest with you. That's why but, she yeah, it's why she, she's Hillary Clinton, man. It's why people has, don't falter. Yeah, go to she she has some wizard tendencies, as we talked about with uh, Donald Trump after the the last GOP debate. Um, yeah, she has a way to. It, it's it's different than Trump. Trump is you know boisterous and you know in your face and uh, just saying very simple things over and over again. Hillary kind of says simple things, but she says them. She dances around, you know, say, says one thing over here, one thing over there. You're like, is she for it? Is she against? It? I'm not sure. Maybe she's both. I don't know. I like her. She's smiling. She's happy. I don't know. I, it's 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 weird. I mean, but she's able to just fool people. I, it, I I've never seen anything like it before, other than. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was the same way. I mean, I'll tell you, if I was new to politics or if I was just a casual viewer and I didn't know about Hillary Clinton and what she really has voted for and stood for and supported, I might come away thinking she was fantastic, you know? And that's unfortunately probably how most of the electorate, maybe at least a good portion of them, comes into this. So, eek. (laughs) Well, it's like her war... Yeah, like, she's a war hawk. Her tendencies are towards war. She's been pretty, you know, like, in the past, pretty vocal about 
being like pro-military, pro-aggressive uh, actions. And yet in this debate, you would have no idea. Wasn't pretty much everyone on stage kind of similar in their... I mean, they started off with about a half hour talking about foreign policy, which they were almost had to do after the Paris thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they probably rearranged some of the debate based on that. But the first half hour was just basically, how would you fight ISIS? And uh, they had some small differences, but they were all basically saying, yeah, we need to be out there mm-hmm. doing all this military stuff in a very mostly vague way. I mean, I don't think I heard any very solid policy prescriptions here unless I missed them. Did you guys well, nobody wanted to say boots on the ground or anything like that, you know. Well, they did say it, and O'Malley called them out on it, which I thought was pretty interesting. It was good. My, my, Brian takes another point off in his go 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 Mally go Mally. Look, oh my I, god! When we cancel the Rand Pluses and Minus podcast, we're gonna have go Mally or no Mally. Go Mally, I love it. Go Mally, no Mally. Look, I said after the first Democratic debate that I thought O'Malley had some good points. I thought tonight he had some good points. Like he will, like granted, take it with a grain of salt. They all have their points. They all agree on, which we all hate. But he would call people out on certain things. Like, he had some good points tonight. You know, like, give the guy yeah, I think credit. he did pretty well tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, aside, it's like... Aside from being a robot, I think he did do pretty well. And I think he, he did later on in the debate score some points against Hillary Clinton, um, especially talking about when they were talking about Wall Street and uh, breaking up banks and uh, the corporate donors that, that, that back her. But he definitely is at least partially, maybe 5 10% robot, I think. What about that? Oh, he's more than that. He's definitely a robot set <laughs> well, look, in the future. Would you vote for a robot over Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton? At least a robot would analyze things realistically, break them down, <laughs> you know, look at the actual Depending numbers behind them. I say go robot. Robot 2016. I'm all would, would you <laughs> Would you ever vote for a robot? I mean, what if a robot like ran for president? That, that might real, happen in the future. Ran, hashtag ranbot. A Randbot. <laughs> oh, boy. When we get to the point where robots are running, I mean, hey, it's not that crazy. What if, if they decide some robots have consciousness and have human rights, then, you know, maybe they need to participate in the political system. Well, if they keep up the fucking minimum wage, it's going to be an explicit podcast, by the way. If we, keep up, if we keep up the minimum wage <laughs> as it is, the robots will be most of the working class, so they'll have the majority vote. So, robot candidate. Let's All go. Right. Do it. All right, maybe that's what O'Malley's planting the seeds for. The Matrix is happening. It's getting us used to robotic-like tendencies in the political arena. We'll see. And you know they can rig the voting machines. I'm curious what you guys think of this statement made by Bernie Sanders. Climate change is directly related to the growth of terrorism. What do you guys think about that? I'll let the other people answer first. I think I, I I know what he's talking about. I don't. What? How? I'm not saying saying that I think he he over-emphasized emphasize the role of climate change to terrorism but there is there is some play there because with with changing climate there comes like changing resources and like some areas get drier some areas get wetter farming becomes more difficult it can it, has, it can have a tendency to create more well, i can see how any climate and have done some studies about that that have shown that like the shifting of resources based on the climate have contributed to some violence. But wait, isn't that... The, I don't th- the climate hasn't saying. changed that much yet. It hasn't changed to a point where everything's actually well, altering as far as crop growth. Or the only thing that's changed is economics and how we're applying regulations based on climate change. So isn't that based upon regulation and the application of law rather than climate change that's screwing these people in that case? I'm not certain. Boom! Well, look. Also, also the globe or the, the world as a whole is becoming less violent. I mean, that's, that, a that's, a fa- that's a fact. That's a fact. So climate I, I would change, cont- I would actually climate change is making the world less violent. There you oh, go. Boom. Let's contend it, Mark, because I agree with I Odie. Contend it. That's the whole Pinker mythology where he says just because we're compliant little slaves that sort of just have – we have strong governments so there's less violence, but they don't include the calculation of all the hidden violence in that system, and that's, I don't okay, think, a valid uh, – but that's going true, down a whole true, different rabbit true. hole. True, true. Yeah, we're excluding uh, – Government uh, coercion and and that stuff, just outright violent acts, violent attacks, murder, rape, um, stabbing, killing, shooting. That is down. I mean, that, that's down that's over true. the globe. It's a fact. And he, he didn't just say violence because there's conflicts over resources in all of humanity always, no matter what the climate does. But he directly related it to terrorism. And I think the terrorism, I guess you could tie it into oil and maybe that's why we're involved in these countries and that somehow is tied into the climate. But it seems like a statement that well, is a bit of a think, stretch. Wouldn't you think that if, in fact, they put into climate change, like, 
the, the people that are most affected by climate change regulation and like all these things are put into place are third world countries. It's not the first world countries. It's the third world countries that are getting screwed over because they're like, you can't do coal anymore. And they're like, uh, that's all we got. We don't really, you know, we are a third world country. We don't have the cubes that you put in your cars yet that make hydrogen. So like, those are the people that are probably going to be more enticed to be like, the system Screw it. we gotta we gotta blow shit up because we are getting screwed here screw the government like so maybe that, he's right he, he <laughs> i think you he disagree should, with bernie sanders he, he, I, on damn yourself damn you oh you've just twisted yourself son of a bitch not. damn it you got me i'll admit, <laughs> yeah, admit it, it. I, i'll the, admit it you got me never happened before ever you, you just sanders to me let alone on this podcast all right brian and bernie you, sanders you've friends. just been sanders Sanders, Sanders, you've been burned. One thing you had to agree with Bernie on. He did give some mention to the F, um, the effects of blowback and what we should, how we should conduct our foreign policy when they were talking about it that first thirty minutes, and I thought that was pretty good. He didn't really use the term. He kind of vaguely he didn't implied use the term, that. Uh, but he not that he needs to. He but... basically described it. Yeah, I'll say expa- expound on that a little bit, just in case people haven't didn't see the debate. If if you are able, I know we've all been drinking. Yeah, it's tough for me to say exactly, but he he, especially when he was uh, really harping on going into Iraq, he was like um, intervening in in such a heavy-handed way directly leads to ISIS. Essentially, he basically said like going into Iraq was a primary cause of why we have ISIS right now. Right, and he was emphasizing that and how we should shape our foreign policy in the future and be mindful of doing things like that and their repercussions. Right. That's kind of the, the type of thing you might hear Rand Paul say in a debate. I even saw Rick Santorum saying something recently about how, uh, you know, our our intervention has helped create ISIS, which is just so crazy to come from a neocon-type guy like Santorum, but it just shows you how this idea is getting out there in the popular debate because it's it's becoming a truth that cannot be denied, and so some politicians are just, you know, shrugging their shoulders and saying, all right, well, I can't really deny this anymore, so I'm even though I never wanted to say this stuff, I'm going to have to. I mean, th- the fact that Rick Santorum is making Ron Paulian-esque statements about this stuff really tells you how far at least the political debate mm-hmm. has come. Well, I think I think it's becoming um, the writing's on the wall. I mean, our, our nation is is broke. We can't afford to to wage you know another war in the Middle East. We can't afford. I hate saying we. I shouldn't be saying we. The United States government can't afford another Iraq. We, we can't do the same thing in Iran or or in Syria. And uh, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders, I think more so than the other two candidates tonight. Um, talked about that and talked about other ways to to to, to kind of look at a solution for for that uh, for the Middle East. Talking about you know all of the other Middle Eastern countries around there that have armies, they need to step up. I mean, they need to step up. Not necessarily the United States doesn't need to arm them, but it's time for those countries to step up and actually you know do something. You, you can't keep looking for the U.S. to come in with their drones and their bombs to to take out these terrorists. I mean, it's Things need to change. The Middle East stuff, I don't know if you guys have seen the Ben Swan piece on Syria, but it's just so complicated because so many different countries have been funding so many different sides of this, and now they're all kind of there. You have some U.S. special forces. You have Russia bombing. You have talk about, you know, no-fly zones in Iraq and Syria. And the U.S. has basically been funding all sides of this. Saudi Arabia has been funding various terrorist groups, Mm -hmm. some of which break off and turn into ISIS, some of which break off and turn into al-Nusra, and it's just so complex. And the idea that we, there's any simple solution is ridiculous. And so, th- I mean, I'm, now I'm getting out of the Democratic debate, but I, mean, I heard Trump the other day just going, I would destroy ISIS. I'd bomb them all. I would just destroy them. It's like, what do you even, that means nothing. That literally a, means a nothing. Bomb, a bomb the pipelines. A bomb well, yeah. the facilities. That's, that's no, exactly. Bombs the refineries. You, you cannot bomb a ideology that's grown out of a foreign policy that you created. Like, the more you've tried to bomb that ideology, the more it's going to crop up. And that's what people don't seem to understand, except perhaps Ron Paul and I guess Bernie Sanders, you know, as evidence tonight. But it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating to see that nobody can understand that. And the thing is, like, I thought there would be actually a lot more conversation about that considering the Paris attacks just happened. And, you know, it's interesting because people are like, oh, well, uh, they hate America because we're free. And we're like, no, we don't. They hate us because we're involved there. But Paris and, well, not Paris, but France in general has actually stepped up their efforts to fight ISIS as well. I mean, is this not a direct response to their added emphasis on fighting terrorism and ISIS and their presence in that country. It seems to me like it's a direct response. I'm not condoning it, obviously, but it just seems like, you know, cause and effect. But really, what are you supposed to do in this instance? 
as far as I know, even in a truly libertarian society, there would be some times where you're morally justified to go into an area that's not part of your sovereign territory to protect right. human rights. Mm-hmm. And ISIS can – you can unequivocally say that ISIS is a major violator of human rights. So you're pretty much damned if you do or damned if you don't. Well, I in no way disagree that human beings have the right to stop human rights abuses and including the type being committed by ISIS. The problem is that's not what our military ends up doing. They're really just taking, you know, they're committing human rights abuses. They're not they're not in spreading liberty. They're spreading democracy and, and democracy in a lot of these countries means more tyranny. So at the end of the day, they're not standing for the right things. So, yeah, it would be great to theoretically but, okay. put, a, put a stop to. OK, let's theoretically say that they were doing spreading liberty would that make the response from isis any different well here's the thing what how can you say spreading liberty because i object to the concept that we can go into another country and spread liberty that, i don't that's necessarily the mean that in the sense of come in with guns and say here's liberty i just right. mean if you're going to be going places setting up governments it shouldn't be they should be constitutional governments based on protecting human rights not governments based on what they are based on, which is, oh, whatever you guys want. Oh, you want to install certain laws that, you know, abuse women or... But that's the thing is, how can, how can anyone fine. presume to say, I'm going to come into your country, I'm going to overthrow the government, and I'm going to install this new government, and it's going to be great, and it, it makes no sense. And the thing is, this is why uh, people don't understand that ISIS is, has stemmed from, and all, this, all these terrorism has stemmed from American actions, that it... Again, people don't seem to be able to put themselves in the shoes of the people there. Even if you have the best of intentions, you're still an occupying force. People are still walking around under constant threat of being shot because there's American soldiers in the streets with guns. And we've been doing this for the past 60 years in that region. So why would you not think that people would be upset by that? Especially when, look, they've had they've done the same shit for thousands of years. Not saying they're warring, because we had an argument with that, but just the way they've done stuff. So we're going there to say, no more of that. You can't do this anymore. You're going to do it this way. You're going to be democracy. You're going to do this and this and this. And all these people, especially when they're religious, we know how crazy religious people are. And fine, if you're religious, that's fine. But especially with these certain religions and the well, people that, that, who take that's it. A, that, that's a perverted, perverted uh, wing of, of Islam. I mean, that, that's not, I mean, uh, saying, saying religious, it's okay to be religious. Yeah, it is okay to be religious, but it's not okay to have a religion where your religion is based on, you know, just outright saying you want to, you want to exterminate certain races. Right, really. but where did that come from is what I'm saying. Like, did that always exist? Because it doesn't seem like it necessarily did or not. I have to research it, but... You know, like going across the globe to attack people. I doubt they would have done that if they did not get introduced to our intervention. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's no doubt that hatred for America specifically springs from American, the actions of the American government in these countries over the last 50 or 60 years. That doesn't mean that these some of these people on their own wouldn't be bad characters anyway, doing bad shit in their own country or to other countries. I mean... You know, there are people that have bad motivations already, but the and when you drop bombs on the place and when you're you're there committing more human rights abuses and the citizens of those countries see that, well, there's your best recruiting tool yeah, for these it's guys. Easy to, it's easy to recruit when that's going on. Exactly. So people say, let's fight against it. Let's go over, let's bomb them. But the more you bomb them, the more you occupy, the more they're going to be able to... Good, you're... Oh, you know what? Your cousin was killed in a bomb attack and he was an innocent. You should join us to fight back against this regime that's occupying our country. If that was America, people would be up in arms in a second. I would be up in arms in a second. Yeah, I mean, bombing almost by definition is going to kill innocent people. I mean, it's a fact. Yeah, there's no way. Even with our advanced technology, people are still dying. Whenever we bomb anywhere, I mean, usually it's innocents They get killed as well. They bomb weddings in Afghanistan and hospitals in Afghanistan, as, as we've seen many times in the news lately. So it seems like no matter what the the intended purpose of a, a military action, it's, it's never really... Based on doing the right thing, at least not not presently, but especially when it's not all out. We can't war. just say screw it. Everybody can do bad things around the world either. I mean, I, I, I don't know what the I don't support our foreign policy, policy at all. I'm I'm kind of trying to merge reality with theory, and in theory, human beings should be able to stop rights abuses whenever wherever and whenever they occur. In reality, in our present system, that's not what the U.S. government goes around doing. Well, but shouldn't it be on these these countries and their own religion to police this? You know, I mean, like, what do you think about well, that? They are policing it. Well, yeah, I mean, they're policing it by be. being that. By Saudi Arabia's laws include, you know, chopping people's heads off. It just seems that they're not because they're like, America's going to do it. America's here. And meanwhile, we're just making it worse. They don't feel like they have to do it because we're there. 
all the time for years and years, costing American lives and millions and millions of dollars. We're getting off topic here, but... Well, everything's on topic. Well, we're, we're, we're not getting off <laughs> we're topic. We're all, all but, the way. Uh, we're just deep into topic. But just, just to add another another level, maybe just a, uh, another aspect of this uh, complexity of the situation, um, something they talked about tonight with uh, refugees, uh, Syrian refugees... I think all three candidates, uh, I might be wrong, I know Hillary Clinton and O'Malley, I'm not sure about Bernie, said that they would want to accept 65,000 Syrian refugees into the United States. Um, I'm pretty sure that none of the Republican candidates would, uh, would feel the same way. I'm just going to go out on a limb, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it's, it's, it's not about right or wrong. It's just, this is just really a fact. I, I'm pretty sure the American people are going to be on the side of not wanting these 65,000 Syrian refugees coming into the United States, especially after it was found today that one of the terrorists yep. came through Greece with and was, was yeah with a passport, was a Syrian refugee, and was and was a part of that attack in, in France. In fairness, I've also seen stories that are contradicting that, so who knows? Yeah, okay. I, I just saw that it, the passport might be fake, so the jury's still out on that. So. I'll say in okay. general, look, I, I know, like what he said, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but in general, I would say I would probably be against saying 65,000 people just put them in and dump them here, because wh- where are you going to put them? What are you going to do? It's just going to be taxpayer money again, and where, like, it just seems crazy to me to just dump 65,000 people somewhere in the U.S. I hate to bring up the P word, but, you know, if, if we just looked at these things in terms of private property, I don't think there should be a limit on how many refugees can come in if people have property and houses and say, I will take an X amount of refugees. I will take responsibility for them. You can do background checks, fi- com- comply with who they are. Then th- they can all come in. But if you just pick a random, I mean, that's what all these guys are just doing. Well, they're no, pick, they're great, picking a, a random a number. Point. They're picking up a random number and saying, we can take this many people, but where are they going? Are they going into some government-run detention center? I mean, are they... Well, of course. I mean, where are they going? I mean, yeah. if you have so, people so, that... So what would be the libertarian way to deal with it? So so maybe you spread out the 65,000 people across the United States, different areas, and each area could decide the level of background I don't think you just plop people they, around, I think. I mean, I mean, there's not an easy answer, obviously, because we're, we're not, we don't live in a society based upon entire private property so there is a role of some kind for the government to see who's coming into the country i think at the very least especially when we know that it's possible some of them could be bad actors um but at the same time i you can't just <laughs> deny whole swaths of people from entering if the if someone here in america wants to take in refugees and help them i don't think we should put too many barriers other than just making sure they're not known bad guys in, in place well i would think in general they probably do like any immigrant probably gets a background check that's pretty thorough i don't but, know how do you it didn't look like they're background checking people that were just you know falling off these boats in, in some of these countries well that's maybe not i'm good. wrong but, but i don't know how they can but i do like your idea i think it's an interesting idea like saying like people can volunteer say i you know i have space or i have an apartment complex but like you said it's not on our government to say oh we'll take all these people like it should be voluntary like or decided by cities or communities to say you know what we will welcome these people like i'm sure there's certain communities that have what if, a yeah, lot of more serious hey number. we can take five we as a city have decided that that would at least make some level of sense other than the federal right. government just deciding oh yeah i could hillary clinton calculated we can take sixty-five thousand. like where do they get this number from? yeah dump them on the dump them on the freeway we'll figure it out yeah put them to work Maybe they can replace the uh, prison labor. No. Yes. Is that the libertarian solution? No. Probably. Is this not. a transition of minimum wage? Or I we, think we, it we, might be. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I, well, I was kind of going in order, but we don't have to. But because they, they also spent the next half hour talking about healthcare and all that stuff. Do, do you want to talk about that, or do you want to softball the minimum wage around for a minute? Let's do that. Let, let's healthcare, man. Okay. Let's healthcare it up. Um. Cool. What do these guys do? These guys are there any major differences between any of these guys on on healthcare that you guys notice? Um, Bernie's like that steadfast single payer. He's not fucking around. At least, at least, no, he's, yeah, you know? he's not like be- using coded language, beating around the bush. He's like single payer, full stop. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's it's clear what what he, what his plan is. The others pretty much are on board with Obamacare. So, I don't really think there's much to say on that issue. That's not already been said before. What guess, do you guys think? I I guess. Well, I'll let Odie. Do you have any thoughts on this? Um, nothing really. I think I missed the majority of of this this part of the debate. So I'll, I'll just defer to you guys for the most part. Well, I'll just give my my quick take is that you know 
they, everybody wants a single payer health care, or well, at least Bernie Sanders wants single payer health care. But it's funny, like everybody denounces this, you know, crony capitalism, blah blah blah, and and, and Sanders himself is, you know, like all oh, the insurance companies, but single payer health care, you still would have like all this money going from the government to insurance and well, to no, the drug idea companies. between single payer is that government is the insurance. Well, government's the insurance, but the thing is. He's like I remember and Bernie they get Sanders to saying the prices that doctors get they get to dictate everything. Doctors, but that's how it works in Canada. I guess here's what I was getting to. So the pharmaceutical companies they say it's cheaper in Canada, but why? I don't understand why the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies would be enticed to say, oh, we're going to drastically lower our prices now because the government is paying for it. When the government, by the way, has paid documented well, the idea five hundred dollars for a hammer to contractors. The, the theory is that the government will put um, restrictions on how much they can charge for pharmaceuticals, which of course will f that industry up to no end. Why am I censoring myself? It's, that's a good one. Why are you censoring? Myself? I guess yeah. yeah. I mean, why? Well, why would you ever think the pharmaceutical lobby would allow that? Though, I mean, I guess. Well, that's his whole point. We get, that's why he's saying we got to get the corporations out of politics. That, that's what that's his entire crux. He's I saying guess. we can't do I it mean, now because they control it, but they shouldn't control it. What yeah, I find I, funny I, is I that literally said that. I guess I well then I you know what I agree with him. Oh on my that god! Point. Be, Ber, Another is, point for Bernie Sanders Brian is, from Brian McWilliams. Brian is slowly morphing into a Bernie Sanders fan as right before our very eyes. That's right. What I, I find funny about Bernie is that he harps on the power of the insurance companies and harps on this stuff, but he while admitting in the debate that he held right the ACA and the ACA. Yeah, it gives more power to those big insurance companies. By far. So it really is either he's ignorant or he's just inconsistent or he's trying to maybe say he compromised by helping write this law, even though it's imperfect. Knowing, I mean, the conspiracy theory always is that these guys that wrote Obamacare wanted it to be so bad that we would that the public would demand single payer. And I don't know, maybe well, there's something to that. No, well, am I the only one that doesn't understand how singer, single payer would? Like be able to actually exist and have enough funds for well, more it, than a couple years. It definitely exists in places. The problem is the way they have enough funds is they restrict healthcare, they restrict right. access to healthcare, they restrict when you can get it, and that's how they make up the difference of you know how the market would sort. Well, look out. at the look at the VA. The VA is an example, literally, of how it would yeah. work, where people are dying because you can get basic healthcare under universal healthcare, like going to a doctor. Okay, you can get a doctor, but if you need to go to a second level specialist or a psychologist or anything like that, you're screwed. I'm gonna I'm gonna toss out a high level teaser real quick because I recently uh, spoke with Tim Moen, the leader of the Libertarian Party in Canada, and we talked about this issue for a bit. And uh, he was saying, yeah, healthcare in Canada is great if you don't actually need it because you you can go and get basic stuff with the doctor pretty easily. That's no problem. But if you actually want to get something done on your own, it's almost impossible. Like he uh, had some issue where he wanted to uh, get uh, some blood tests done for. You know, for his own reasons, and they wouldn't let him. The doctor said, "No, no, you can't. We can only we're only allowed to give you these certain blood tests every X amount of months." And he wanted to do a weekly blood test because he there's something he wanted to monitor in his blood. And uh, they told him no, and he said, "Well, I'll pay for it. I mean, I just want to do it." And they, he's not even allowed to pay for it on his own. And they said sometimes you can't get it. And it's different in different parts of Canada. He made clear, but you know, sometimes you can't get an MRI even if you want one. Some people wait weeks and weeks to get an MRI to even diagnose a problem. So the laws of economics are always going to catch up. And in the case of single payer, the way they make up for it is by restricting access to healthcare. That's the only way they really can do it from a command economy. It, it would be a, it would be a good statistic to look at the percentage of Canadians that left the. The, the amount of healthcare dollars that went outside of the country uh, before they went to a single payer system compared till compared till now, and I'm sure it's it's you know. Well, yeah, Canadians actually huge. have medical tourism too here. They come to the Oklahoma yeah. Surgery Center and they yeah. get cheaper. I mean, they it's not necessarily cheaper; is that they can get it. If, and if they can have the money and then pay for it, and thanks to the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, I'm, I'm plugging my man, Dr. Keith Smith, but they actually charge prices and they list their prices and they're way more affordable than if you were just good to go to a hospital here in the U.S. So a lot of those Canadians are coming over, spending the money to get the health care they need now, not waiting until see if their problem gets worse or to get it diagnosed or whatever. Well, the you know people always point to, I think it's Sweden or Switzerland, I can't remember which one, but one of the two, I wrote an article about it and I can't remember which one because I'm drunk. But... People always point to these, you know, like, oh, this is the epitome of healthcare. Everything's taken care of. I think it's Sweden. But now in Sweden, because of the exact issues we're talking about, they have a, you know, people will just say, okay, I'm going to buy extra healthcare. So they're paying basically for the same healthcare like, like we do here because they want to be able to actually get access to specialists when they need it. So people are paying on top of all this crazy taxation in addition because the system doesn't want, does not uh, work. 
It's it's the market providing an alternative to single payer healthcare. And you know, it's funny. I was telling Tim about uh, like Dr. Josh Umber, and he was basically saying if if Dr. Josh he's like he's got runs his concierge practice. I interviewed him a few weeks ago. I will link to it in the show notes at lionsofliberty.com/slash one fifty eight. I finally nailed the show notes over a half hour Woo! on the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he said. I mean, if, if Dr. Josh Umber was in Canada and tried to do that, he would get arrested. I mean, he wouldn't. That would not be allowed. You know, you can't even. You're not even allowed to provide an alternative outside of the government system, which is just you know tyrannical so is is there a difference between single payer and universal health care or is that the same thing i believe they're the same thing I think they're the same, it's, it's the same thing because it, donald trump is in favor of universal health care right well, then he's in yes, favor of single is. payer health care there you go he is so, okay. he said it yeah he is so Which, we, we might actually end up with hillary clinton versus donald, you, donald trump universal health care yeah. versus universal health care and they will be uni- yeah they will Does be universally united he doesn't run that. away from that position he said that like not too long ago, and no one's questioned him on it. So yeah, I, yeah I'm pretty sure he still says that. How yeah. did they not ask him about that in the Republican debate? How I don't understand that either. Because he's a wizard. <laughs> yeah, he's a wizard. Even if they did, he would just somehow say he something else. He would just else. say, "Check your facts," I, you know, and then move on. Check your facts. I never said that. Huh. I did say that, but I didn't say that. I only said it one time. I didn't mean it. I do mean it. I. I say a lot of things in the media. The media. You're the media. Check your facts. Expect us health careus, and then everybody forgets. Is that a Harry Potter? We reference? don't even remember it. That was a Harry Potter reference. All right. We don't Good remember job. it because he's a wizard. Exactly. He blanked our brains. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll move on to the next thing that they talked about. Which was, unless I missed a topic, feel free to let me know. But I believe minimum wage was the next little discussion. I only have one note. I have no notes, so whatever you say, I believe. My note says... Like like Democrats and Hillary Clinton. Since it's an explicit show, my note says, the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> so uh, anybody care to shed some light on that? I, I have one note also. Uh, it's got Hillary Clinton calls for $12 federal minimum or wage. Cheapskate. 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 Yeah, cheapskate. That's what I said. Just like yeah. Bernie, Bernie's a cheapskate too. Fifteen bucks. Come on. Yeah. Give him twenty. If you really want to help the middle give class? Him 25. Give him twenty-five. I mean, hey, let people make a career out of being a McDonald's cashier. Am I right? Seriously, I mean, flipping burgers—that is worth way more than twenty dollars an hour. I mean, I, I would pay someone thirty dollars an hour to flip burgers at a barbecue at my house. <laughs> hell no hell no hey that. maybe that's it maybe this is gonna break up bernie sanders wants to break up the big corporations we'll break up mcdonald's because of the minimum wage we'll have only backyard barbecue burgers from now on i was having this conversation the other day here's what i don't get so you have a minimum wage a federal minimum wage it's like i think nine something an hour now i could be wrong maybe it's less um or and every state has one and you're not allowed to pay anybody less than that but if you want to hire an intern, you can pay them zero, and that's fine. But anywhere between one cent and the minimum wage, you can't do. In California, you I can't pay that. an intern zero. You have to pay them. Really? I mean, well, you can get around. There goes my Lions of Liberty expansion. You can get, here's a, you can get around it if you're giving them college credit. Yeah, and that's a joke, too, because it's not like that's the employer. That Holly, that's that Hollywood bull crap, I think. Yeah. That, no, no, no. That's, that's a whole different issue, the actors thing, which the actors union opposes uh, the minimum wage because it would mandate oh, yeah. that all these theaters oh, pay people $15 an hour. Well, yeah, all these like, extras start off at like six bucks yeah. an hour or whatever. Minimum it would, it would destroy theater in Los Angeles. Literally. It would just, it would destroy it. No one could afford it. Well, it's happening. So. And it would have, just like in every so other. It's already industry, passed. So they they would get ready. They, you'd have to, you'd go up, you'd have a McDonald's ordering machine, uh, reading Shakespeare. That's what would happen. Oh my God. They're going to have robot extras now too. I love it. Calculon like Futurama. <laughs> But Thank you, JB. I'm glad somebody watches that amazing well, show. Yes, I, I, I caught that reference. I, I'll tell you but the one Bernie, thing. Go ahead, JB. But it, it's it's pretty interesting that Bernie pretty much did brush off the the idea that there would be considerable job loss from the fifteen dollars. He pretty much in, like acknowledged it and said it's not that big of a deal. Am I the only one who noticed? No, that yeah, he, he said did that? he basically said. Uh, Look, every negative, every public policy is going to have some negative consequences, which is, <laughs> is another way of saying every ne- public policy has negative consequences. He basically said every rose has its thorn. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. he pretty much did. That's exactly. <laughs> he did it in a kind of a subtle way, JB, but he did do that. I mean, he just said, basically said, yeah, there's some negative consequences. Anyway, here's why we got to do it. You know, whereas <laughs> it really doesn't address the problem at all, which is that we're saying yeah, there's exactly. negative consequences. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, people are going to be pretty screwed, but you know what? They'll, if you get a job uh, under this new, if you can, if you can push a robot out of the way, you'll get a job. But then nobody addresses the fact that also, does nobody understand the fact that if you raise the the bottom, like you raise the floor, 
everybody that charges everything else for the floor of general products, because the market dictates how much people can charge for products, they're going to say, okay, well, now the market floor is raised. Now we can raise rent. Now we can raise prices for food. Now we can raise everything else. You understand? Like, even though he has a socialist idea and all these different socialist idea of what we're going to pay people, the free market does still exist in this country and it's going to react accordingly. Exactly. You're not feeling I mean, the burn anymore. It's already, it's already, it's already uh, dying down. I guess. If, when when you raise minimum wage, um, you you might you know you you might create uh, create by doing that create some innovation. You know, at McDonald's instead of you know talking to a cashier, you're gonna have a touchscreen, which um, is gonna raise your level of productivity. It's not gonna you know it's not gonna change your actual production levels, but you're, you're gonna alter productivity. You're going to get more product for less money for 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 less labor. So the, yeah, the net output of that is you're going to have less people actually getting paid and making money, and you're going to drive down your quality of life. Exactly right. And there's going to be no more jobs. If, like, well, I guess there have to be jobs people can just get that they that's like their intro job. But it's like you know, like I've said this before, like apprenticeship. The concept of apprenticeship is like out the window nowadays. Like you, like I mean, I remember, people used to pay people to learn from them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like you would that you work. You're like an indentured totally servant almost. Like I remember when I first moved to L.A., I was making twenty eight thousand a year, which in L.A. is like pauper wages. It was like barely above uh, minimum wage. But in the industry, it's Los Angeles. The industry is like I'm in PR. It's entertainment. You know, kind of and. People wanted to be in it, so you work your way up, and then you say, like, okay, later in life, I will make more money. But you got to work your way up. And now it's like nobody has to work their way up. Now you just you come out, you get paid this amount. And it's like, you know, like the people are talking about millennials coming out entitled. Everybody's coming out entitled now, no matter if they went to college or not, because you get paid this wage, which, holy crap, I had to work 10 years to get that wage. You know, maybe not that much, but still. Brian just got his 15-hour bump last week, guys. I'm at 1645. Yeah. Going to this strip club, throwing quarters. No, man, you're putting that money back in the podcast. If I got anything to say about it. Uh, I mean, does anybody have a point on the minimum wage, though? Because, look, I don't agree with the policy, but it, it is a response to... I made my point, you son of a bitch. Does anyone have a point? You guys, you I, make it sound no, no, like no. we're not even... I, I'm talk, no, no, no. I'm talking about... <laughs> yeah, I guess that did come across bad. Mark not, forgot that anybody else is on this uh, podcast. I'm talking about any of the candidates like is there anything worthy in the conversation about minimum wage because it's true that people are struggling it's true that people can't get jobs and i think the minimum wage is the wrong response to that but the symptoms that they're pointing out are somewhat accurate wouldn't you say yeah i I would agree i think it's kind of like we talked about a couple weeks well it was the last uh democratic debate reaction show we i forget what the heck we were talking about um oh they were they were uh probably democrats paternity leave or uh, maternity leave and bernie sanders was saying that everyone should have it the government should provide it and yeah i I think like the minimum wage like suppressed wages um you know wages not going as far as they used to go 10 20 30 years ago i I think that people have a point that's that's a fact i mean the quality of life in this country is going down and you know i said a couple times during the live blog tonight are we going to talk about the federal reserve are we going to mention it I mean, if anyone was going to talk about it, you would think it would be Bernie Sanders, you know, bringing it up. But from his past history, um, sabotaging Ron Paul's audit the Fed bill, obviously there's something there with him and the Federal Reserve. I don't know what it is if he. Ooh. Do you is, think is that getting... Bernie sneaks off to Jekyll Island on the weekends? <laughs> he, he might. I don't know. I don't Hold know. On. I have some here. Here's let me ask you guys a question. How about this? So. We're all against the, you know, making the minimum wage so much higher. But here's a uh, here's a trade-off. Because we all know corporate tax in America is ridiculous. It's like the third highest or the fourth highest in the world. It's like 35 36%. So, as a trade-off, and no Democrat is talking about this. As a trade-off, you could raise the minimum wage, but in exchange, you need to lower the corporate tax to like 5%. So that way, small businesses can actually afford to pay people a minimum wage because now they're not getting taxed by the government out the ass. What do you think of that? What? I, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't think. Did I just blow everyone's mind? I, yeah, I think that's way. Uh, that's yeah. That, that did blow my mind because it, that's different types of dollars. You're talking about. Um, you're talking about taxing on taxing on revenue compared to taxing on 
inputs to creating revenue. And those are those are very different things. So yeah, that, that did blow my mind. I don't think it's something that <laughs> mind also blown. I'm just saying I was I was providing a devil's advocate kind of counterpoint there and that look, I would like it if the corporate taxes lowered to five percent and we didn't have a minimum wage mandated. But just say it would be an interesting thing to say, like you can save money in one way, even though we're forcing you coercively to spend it another way. All right, we've heard Brian's plan. I can't wait till you run for president and try to. Oh, it's going to be amazing until until debates. all the pictures and stories come out. And I have to do McWilly ups or downs. I'm going to have to do a podcast about you every week. That's oh, the best God. you can do is McWilly's up, on a ups on the fly. Yeah. Really what, okay, what do you got? What do you got? Give me one. McWhoops and downs. If you're going to call me out, you got to provide an alternative. Oh, you got nothing. Okay, that's what I thought. Right. Moving along. Idiots. Everybody's a critic until they're on the spot. All right. Um, you know, there's one I other call, thing. I call upon our listeners to find a better. Number one, I want them to come up with a hashtag for my really presidential campaign. McWallops really and McWallips. Oh, well, that took you like 40 what? seconds. That is terrible. Well, that's terrible, too. That's so. yeah, awful. I, don't even know what I that call means. upon listeners of this, of this podcast to come up with a better want, hashtag just... for our ups and downs, our, our, oh, our, our RAN pluses and minuses version, which you can find at lionsofliberty.com forward slash RAN. Oh, a plug. Hey, are we going to do one next week? Yeah, we are going to do one. Okay, because I need to know so I can promote it right now. All right, this Thursday, a new edition of Ram Pluses and Minuses, the podcast, because, uh, well, we'll talk about it then. Slightly more sober than tonight, (laughs) I say. Only slightly. Are are we doing another another, uh, felony report, too? After this, what are we? What are we talking are, business are, are, are here? Doing, are we planning the next? Are we scheduling everything out on the air now? Is that what we're doing? That's, that's coming. That's coming. We're only we'll doing new business here, Odie. Not old business. Right. Old business is on Tuesdays. Uh, one thing I want to make sure we mention is that Hillary somehow turned a question about her Wall Street donations, which Bernie was the only time he got really on her at all. Which I really. It's really funny, the contrast. I mean, I guess you can say it's nice the Democrats are civil, but boy, is it boring that they it's don't go really after each other at all. Um, so, but Bernie was, I guess, going after her about her Wall Street donations, and she somehow spun it into something about 9-11, and I really don't know how she did it. But she got applause, yeah, so... I'm really glad she, you brought that up. There uh, was even there was even that tweet that they brought up about how I she love completely, they did like, that tweet. disregarded the question. It started talking about 9-11 completely, I cannot like, believe randomly. that they showed that tweet. I was like, wow, yeah. I'm actually impressed that She's they're like putting Chris this tweet Christie. on the air. So wait, what exactly. was it? I missed this. What was the tweet? You missed this. This is like the best moment of the debate. They showed a tweet from a listener that was like... I don't know exactly what it said, but it was like, what's up with Hillary turning, a, not answering the question about Wall Street donations and instead diverting to 9-11 or something, <laughs> which is exactly what she did. And she's like, well, I hope it didn't come across that way. I'm like, no, that's what she did. And that's how it came across. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought JB would start talking there, but instead it's an awkward silence. Nice. And again, no, nice work, JB. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast anytime. <laughs> All right. Any other well, thoughts hold on, on that? I haven't thought on that. <laughs> Here's what Joe that's I think it might have been the same like line of thinking, like they crush about Wall Street. And Hillary Clinton loves to go, you know what? We need to take this country. I don't know why I'm doing like a, gl- a low guttural voice like Nixon. You know what? She's like, you know what? We need to take back this country from the billionaires. And it's like, uh, Hillary, do you not understand the irony? You are a multimillionaire. But not a billionaire. Like, yeah, you're, it's like, this is like the 99.9% taking on the 99.999%. <laughs> like, what yeah, kind of cage she's, match she's, is this? She's a part of the 1%. She's she's the 1%. They're jousting T- with oyster forks. Yeah, why, exactly. why, why would anyone want her to lead? Why to wouldn't she just give it back if she thinks it should be taken back? Right. You already have it. Take Give it back. All right, and they also they, they did one more topic that I that I can think of anyway, and that's uh did a little bit of gun talk, and uh, the only thing I took away from this is that Bernie seems to be rapidly running away from even the vaguely program positions he's taken in the past. Any thoughts, JB? You're our resident guy. I want to talk to you when it comes to gun stuff. So what do you think about, uh, am about I, all this? Um, yeah, why not? It's it did kind of seem that way. He tried to distance himself a bit, but he did. He did mention that he comes from a a pro gun state where he does like to they say have. That. What's that? He does like to say that a lot. Yeah, that he. I guess that's his way of saying that he's okay with people owning firearms, and he comes from a state where people own a lot of firearms, and that's okay with him. And he's he's never really pushed to you know eliminate them or anything like that. But he, more, I feel like he more or less kept silent on the issue i think he just wants to stay on the fence with guns and doesn't really want to focus on it so much it's the it's at least the that's Hil- what i got it's the hillary clinton style of uh, debate where you just avoid talking about any issues that might 
shine badly on you. Meanwhile, uh, I want Ver- Bernie Sanders to be like, hey, Vermont is Vermont I did, at home I, intruder on the wall. Oh, God, that's awful. Can, can I just say that you know every Democratic debate, they talk about gun show loopholes, online loopholes. It's not real. There I, is no I've never loophole. been able to figure out what this is until I finally it's, figured out that it's nothing. It's not a thing. And, it, and it's the least important thing ever. There's background checks for all of it. It's, I mean, it already exists. You cannot you get a gun just, without a background. You can't just say, oh, I, mean, I want to buy a handgun online and click on it and it comes to your house. No, <laughs> you got to go pick it up and you go through a background check. Right. And even if you could, what's the percentage of people that would be going to gun shows and doing that? 0.0001%? Like, what the hell are you even talking about? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a ridiculous talking point, and they they cling to it. It's like their lead talking point. It's 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 ridiculous. I love when people bring this the gun show loophole up to me, and I I'm like, oh, so what is that? They're like, oh, that's where they just walk in and get guns. They don't or they they say that which isn't true, or they say like they don't so know. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know because it's not real. It's amazing how they've gotten away with this talking point for so long because it doesn't. <laughs> it literally does not exist. Oh wait, what was the other? Hold on, there was, this is a totally different. St- JB, oh, oh, no, while a- you think, JB can say what he wants to say. What I what I find even more amazing to the, the, than that is Hillary talking about holding gun manufacturers responsible for gun deaths in the country, which I find to be even more ridiculous than the gun loophole talk. And she was like banging on how she wanted to do this and couldn't get it passed through because it's frankly ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, Yeah. it's completely ridiculous to to hold manufacturers responsible for what people do with the the firearms they may or may not have legally purchased. If if you're going to say it's legal to make guns, then you can't also say, but you should be held responsible for what people do with them. I mean, exactly. Either ban guns and say you can't make them. Obviously, don't support that, but that would at least be consistent. or don't yeah. and don't. Well, it's like anything. <laughs> like you kill anybody with anything, you can say yourself. Like in Fargo, the movie Fargo, they killed somebody with the wood chip. You're like, I'm suing the wood chipper. Ridiculous. <laughs> the, unless, the unless the gun were to were to malfunction, mal, malfunction. Sure, malfunction. There, there's, there's, then of course, yeah, because then it's the manufacturer's fault. Like, like with spot. cars, yeah. If you're a problem with a car, something happens, the brakes don't work. Yeah, obviously you're going to sue the manufacturer. Same thing with a gun. But, yeah, it's it's insane that you just because someone used a gun to kill people, you're going to sue the people that made it. That That's an argument for any rational person is just – it blows my mind. It well, just, be like if somebody hits – if somebody runs somebody over with a car, uses it for manslaughter, you're like, okay, now you sue the car manufacturer. Because a car can be yeah, a weapon same, too. Same thing. Same thing. That's the argument when people were drunk. Anyway, uh, here's another step. Uh, I would have thought this drove me nuts when Hillary Clinton said this. Did you guys remember she's like, hey, in Las Vegas, 3,000 people were killed by gun violence since our last debate. Did you hear that? That yeah, what? That. Yeah, I'm gonna be checking fact check. About just yeah. Las was that, Vegas. Was that like the, was was that the drone attacks that they're flying out of outside Las Vegas in the Middle East? I'm telling you that quote is exact. Google it tomorrow. You'll find the the transcript. Maybe it's already up. Mark transcript us. But no, she said she literally she's like since our last debate, three thousand people have been killed by guns in Las Vegas. I'm like, how? What? What is going on in Las Vegas? Are the casinos having all-out fucking war? Like, is this like the Godfather where Mo That's Green's getting shot in the eye during his be. massage? Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think she met the country. She, well, she be. must have met the country, but it's still Maybe, like crazy. I think she was saying the last debate, which took place in Las Vegas. Maybe, but she made it, She said in Las Vegas, 3,000 deaths. But even that, like, the in the country since, like, the whole year, I, I looked mean, up the stack while include, we were watching like, the debate. If a bunch of gangs shoot each other, you can't include that as like in the same category well, as like a kid. Well, this is she's including everything. She's including cops shooting people. She's including people that like you know like everything, everything and anything. But it's like eleven point five thousand people have been killed in two thousand fifteen. So it's overall like let's be honest. Hey, it sounds like a lot, but compared to the overall everything that's going on, it's like nothing. All right. Well, it is after well after midnight actually for you guys on the East Coast. So I think we're gonna wrap things up here. But uh, before we do it, I'm gonna we're gonna do a little thought exercise. All right. And uh, let's you're a uh, you're a damn podcast Nazi tonight, all, Mark. All, running this debate. That's all in because I want to do a thought Not exercise. This debate, this podcast. Uh, let's all just imagine that we are registered Democrats, and uh, for whatever reason, maybe we forgot to uh, change our registration or at some point in our lives, and. Uh, 
we just decide screw it. Like we're registered, we may as well go vote in a Democratic primary. So here's your three guys. You got Bernie, you got Hillary, you got Martin O'Malley. You gotta vote for one of them, just so you vote. Who are you gonna vote for? Odie. I know who let Brian's me, voting for, Mr. Robot. Let, let, let me first say before I say who who I would vote vote for vote for gun to my head had to vote. Google Martin O'Malley Dalai Lama. And there's, you're going to find a picture of them rubbing their noses together. It's a very cute picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't get me on a tangent, by the way. I hate the Dalai Lama. And not to be super Let's pro not China, right but now. the whole Dalai Lama thing is effing bullshit. Oh, yeah. I see this picture. All right. Let's not do that right it now. It is BS. You can find me a he guest ran, to talk He about ran it. a case aside. He was like the biggest abuser of human rights ever. And now people think he's like a god. It's crazy. Okay. And our country propped him up against China because we hate it. Anyway. Maybe we can have a special podcast just on that later. I but anyway, people should look into it because it's ridiculous. Everybody's been like, t- ah, so ugh. Brian's infatuated with China. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Odie, who are you voting for? It's it's a tough call. Obviously, right off the bat, Hillary Clinton is not an option because she is basically a neoconservative war hawk and she's a lunatic. And I don't want another Clinton in the White House. So I'm down to Martin O'Malley and Bernie Sanders. Martin O'Malley, governor of Maryland. What did he do for Maryland? Um, look at Baltimore recently. It's it's in shambles. Um, I I don't know a lot about his background. Uh, he doesn't have much background as an executive. Bernie Sanders has never held a job in his life. He's been uh, you know a senator for for many years. I'm not sure you know what's it been like 10, 12, 15, 20 years up the past whatever. I think it's more anyway, like thirty, but yeah, thirty years. We get good, the idea. Good, good for you, Bernie. He's never had a job in his life. Never created any value. Martin O'Malley, I don't think he's ever created any value either. So they're both terrible options. So which one is more likely to harm the United States, to harm me? I, I look at a couple things. Um, I can't wait for you to tell this to somebody in a voting booth. This is the longest speech ever. <laughs> hey, who did you vote for? You're like, all right, let me break this down for you. <laughs> How much time you got? So, no, so, so basically, Second Amendment, they're both terrible. Bernie used to be better to go with Bernie. Um, we go on foreign policy. They're both better than the Republicans. I'll still go with Bernie because Bernie at least describes uh, something that, you know, at least having the Middle East take care of uh, Islamic terrorism. Um, Bernie's economic plans are terrible, but the Senate and Congress, in no way in hell any of that ever gets through. So, uh, and Martin O'Malley is probably a robot. So I don't want the country being overtaken by robots. And that's just bad for everybody. So I got to go with Bernie Sanders. All right. That's one for Bernie, JB. You don't need. You can give a shorter. I'll be much version. shorter, and I'll just say Bernie <laughs> as well for all the reasons that uh, John mentioned. All right, and uh, let's see. Are we gonna get a? a, a are someone gonna break away here? Let's with go. Oh no, you know what? Like like Odie laid out. I, I the biggest point Odie made two points. Number one, Bernie Sanders admitted the fact that the blowback is existing and that our foreign policy is coming back to haunt us. So points on that for Bernie, and also. And as you know, I've made any points for Bernie tonight. But also, like what he said, all of his biggest negative aspects about socialism and the, and the economic climate, it's just like Ron Paul, where people, the biggest complaints of Ron Paul were about his, you know, wanting to, to kill this and that program, which would never happen. Bernie's the same way. It's never going to happen in a million years. So I think the things that he can control are probably better than the things that he proposes that will never happen. So I got to go with Bernie over my robotic love. See, All Brian right. talked longer than me, but you, you don't give him a hard time. There's no way I talk longer than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And, um, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to dissent from the group at all. Uh, I will, obviously, yeah, Hillary's out of the question. And uh, Bernie, for all of his faults, which are many, 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 at least, I actually respect the fact that he says, no, I want single payer. No, I want this. Like, he doesn't futz around, and I don't get the feeling that he's a corporate sellout, at least, and uh, I I'm I'm, can't really say that about the other two. So as much as I disagree with him, if I had to vote for one, it's Bernie. That's a good word for Bernie. He doesn't, he doesn't futz around. Did you get, yeah, you said futz around. Is that a term? Futz Bernie's, around? Bernie's no butts. He doesn't futz around. He's not a mushugger. All right. Plus, Bernie reminds me of all my Jewish uncles. Yeah, is. exactly. <laughs> By the way, real quick, just, uh, I'm sorry. Another story? I forgot this. No, not a story, but I forgot to mention this for Hillary Clinton. We didn't come up. But when Hillary Clinton was questioned about Iraq and what's going on, she danced around the topic so much. And I remember she goes, hey, you know what? We were attacked in Kenya. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, Hillary? How does that have to do with anything? 
That's it. That's all I want to say. All right. It pissed me off. That's why Brian won't vote for Hillary. That's the only, that's the deal breaker. That's why Brian's drinking more right now. All right, guys, it's been fun. JB, welcome back into the fold. It's been a while. Uh, I hope you guys. I thank all of you for uh, taking your Saturdays out, and uh, I hope these acts that we're taking, uh, live blogging, our, our podcasting. Well, we know we have the listeners out there, but we hope it's appreciated because um, these are kind of tough to sit through. But hey, that's why we have a few adult beverages. We put in a good eight chat with hours. friends. Not put, eight put hours. A lot How many time. hours? Not quite eight. I don't know. More like four. Four. Anyway. Folks, you want to join me for a usual sign-off. Until this Thursday, when we return with Mr. McWilliams once again, hopefully a little more sober. With Never! Another, another edition of Rample Lessons and Minuses. Until then, folks, why don't we all just live long? And live, and live free. free! You know, I actually only drank one alcoholic beverage during that podcast because I was so drunk going into it. Thank God. Good night. Actually, <laughs> I could hear you getting more sober every word you said. Right? I know. All right, gang. I got to go. It's scary. It's been real. Peace. All right. See you later. See ya. Head of editing and mastering is John Dobbins. Contact johnny53 at gmail.com.